I cannot express in words how good it is to be here with all of you. A doctor told me three months ago, no, a doctor told me that I had three months to live. And that was six months ago. Woohoo! I am so happy that God gets to decide how long we live and not a doctor. Can I get an amen? Okay, let's start by crushing a rumor. No, I did not get Botox injections or lip implants. For some reason, three days ago, I got super painful sores up inside my mouth, and my tongue and my lips just doubled in size, like tire tubes on my face. So we'll just add that to the list of blessings and surprises that come with cancer. Now, seriously, I can do the duck face photo that everyone hates, and I can finally pursue my life's dream of being an Instagram influencer. I'll see you in Hollywood, fam. And it doesn't stop there. Thanks to cancer, I've lost weight. I think I look great in these pants. I've met a bunch of medical professionals. I see the healthcare system as a weekly mission trip. You know, <clears throat> and Canada's paying for it. Yes, even cancer comes with blessings. But there's one thing cancer gives above all things. It gives you an intense clarity on your life when you look back at it. And looking back at my life, I noticed my biggest mistake, my deepest regret, my most profound error on every level. And today I'm enduring great pain to help you guys avoid this mistake. I hope in that you feel the love of God going in your direction, because God loves you so intensely. See, God is faithful. Can I get an amen? If we're walking in error, He shows us and helps us correct it before it's too late. And God showed me that I had it wrong, even to my last days. Is it possible that you have it wrong? Are you walking in error? Let's seek Jesus together. But I'll warn you, it's not going to be easy for me to share these things. And it's not going to be easy for you to hear them. But we're going to get through it. And all of our lives will be better, I promise. So let's all bow our heads and pray. Dear God, we're looking at a difficult topic today. Heavenly Father, we gather seeking your help. Your word tells us to examine ourselves. And we're asking you to tenderly come into all of our lives and help us examine ourselves. Show us where we are with you. Open our eyes to where we are and where you want us to be. I pray that everyone in this room moves closer to you this morning, that the lost are saved by you, that the drifting are put back on course by you, and that all of us can enjoy the vibrant, life-transforming relationship you're calling us into. I pray that nobody in this room misses out on the new heaven and the new earth and the incredible gift of eternal life in your presence. We pray these things in Jesus' precious and holy name. Can I get an amen? My biggest mistake in my entire life comes down to two words, attention and affection. I realized through my life Jesus didn't have enough of my attention 
and my affection. Sure, there were seasons and it went up and down, but I truly believe that if Jesus had more of my attention and my affection, I would have been a better husband to Allison. I think I would have been a stronger father to my kids, and I think our ministry would have been more effective. I also think I would have had more peace, more joy, more hope on my mission to know Jesus and and make Him known. So today we're asking God to increase our attention and affection in the direction of Jesus. So I'll ask you, how much of your attention and affection does Jesus have right now? How much has He had this week? How much has He had this month? Would someone looking at it say that you have a vibrant, living, active, satisfying, continuous, sustaining relationship with Jesus Christ? And I know some people are going to say, Jesus, that homeless guy in sandals like 2,000 years ago, how much affection can I possibly have for Jesus? And others will say, well, I said the sinner's prayers, and I've been to church every Sunday since 1983. I have intense affection for my Savior. Different people will answer differently. Looking around the room, I figure you guys will say that Jesus defines your life, and this week and this month you love Jesus with your heart, mind, soul, and strength. But God's Word tells us to examine ourselves. How much of your attention and affection does Jesus have How much does he deserve? See, every time I read Colossians 1 and realize that Jesus deserves more of my attention and affection. So let's start today by just taking a stroll through Colossians 1. For he has rescued us from the kingdom of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of his dear son who purchased our freedom and forgave our sins. Think about that for a second. You've been rescued from a kingdom of darkness. It's like this fireman ran into a building and just pulled you or your kids out of a burning building. You've been rescued. And your freedom has been purchased with the blood of Jesus and your sins have been forgiven by Jesus dying on the cross. Isn't that epic? Doesn't Jesus deserve all of our attention and our affection? Because how much affection would you show a fireman who saved your family? I'd let him eat my dinner and sit in my favorite chair. The verse continues, it says, Christ is supreme, Christ is the visible image of the invisible God. Jesus existed before anything was created and is supreme over all creation. Yes, we mentally know that Jesus is supreme over all creation, but does Jesus have supremacy in the part of creation that is our heart? Like, is he in charge of our life, of our thoughts, of our motives, how, you, how we spend our time, how we treat other people? In other words, does Jesus have our attention? See, and only you and God know the answer to that question. The verse continues, for through 
Through Jesus, God created everything in the heavenly realms and on earth. He made the things we can see and the things we can't see, such as thrones, kingdoms, rulers, and authorities in the unseen world. Everything was created through Jesus and for Jesus. So there's two things there. One thing, there's a very cool concept. There's invisible thrones and kingdoms and whatever, right? That's kind of cool and kind of terrifying at the same time. But the really key parts there are this. Everything you have and everything you love and everything you are was made possible by Jesus. And are you living and feeling towards Jesus like that's true? See, you were created by Jesus, through Jesus, and for Jesus. You belong to Jesus, brothers and sisters. So I'll ask, does Jesus have you? Do you really belong to Jesus? If not, then you're stealing someone Jesus loves from Jesus. See, Jesus, we'll go back, we'll continue on verse 17. Jesus existed before anything else, and Jesus holds all of creation together. Christ is at the head of the church, which is the body, which is us. He is the beginning supreme over all who rise from the dead. So He is first in everything. Jesus is obviously the head of the church, but is He the head of your household? If someone looked at how you and your kids spend their time, would they say, Jesus clearly has authority in your household. It says Jesus is the first in everything, but does He have first place in your life? The verse continues, for God in all His fullness was pleased to live in Christ, and through Him God reconciled everything to Himself. He made peace with everything in heaven and on earth, and by means of Christ's blood on the cross. Jesus, and only Jesus, makes relationship with God possible. You have peace with God through the blood of Christ. When's the last time you thank Jesus for that? The verse continues, this includes you who were once far away from God. You were God's enemies, separated from Him by your evil thoughts and your evil actions. Yet now He has reconciled you to Himself through the death of Christ in His physical body. Wow! Our evil thoughts and our actions separate us from God. We made ourselves God's enemies. We were helpless. We were heading for hell, an eternal lake of fire filled with politicians and pain, and a healthy supply of telemarketers. Trust me, you do not want to go to hell, but Jesus reconciled us with God through death in His physical body. He paid our penalty on the cross. He willingly jumped into hell, like jumped into hell so we wouldn't have to. But hell couldn't hold Jesus. He was too righteous. He was too good. He was too loving. He was too pure. He was too obedient. And, and, and he was God. And he rose from the dead 
Three days later, it's called the resurrection. Are we not entertained and impressed and passionately drawn towards an individual like Jesus? The verse continues, As a result, He has brought you into His own presence, and you are holy and blameless as you stand before Him without a single fault. Think about it. Jesus is inviting you into His presence. Why do you think He's giving you eternal life? It's so He can spend eternal life with you. He's not just bouncing you into heaven. He's bringing someone He loves into His presence. And this verse tells me that when we appear in His presence, that when, when, when He looks at us, He will not see our crimes, He will not see our failings, He will not see our filth and our faults. He will see you as holy and blameless without a single fault. Have you ever had someone look at you with that kind of love, pure love? Someone seeing you as perfect and wonderful and without fault and treating you that way. And not losing interest after 60 years or whatever. Like Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. That means that His love for you is the same. That means He's not going to jump ship on you. He's not going to find someone better. He is going to be fully in love with you, fully devoted to you. If you really read these verses over and over again, you realize how epic Jesus is. Can I get an amen? You'll start seeing how much love Jesus has for you, how much He's done for you, and the sacrifice He made for you. So I'll ask again, do you have enough attention and affection going in the direction of Jesus? This is not just a heart issue. For some, it's a salvation issue. Let me ask it another way. We're referred to as the bride of Christ. Our relationship with Jesus is kind of like a marriage. And I'll ask you a simple question. If you gave your spouse the same attention you gave Jesus this week, would she or he be happy? Would she or he feel loved? And I'll let you in on a little secret. If you spend an hour each Sunday morning with your wife and then ghost her the rest of the week, that is not the definition of a healthy marriage. Just saying. So there I was. I looked at my life and I realized I didn't have enough attention and affection going in the direction of Jesus. I was terrified. Am I saved? I was saddened. My life could have been different. I was heartbroken. My family deserved more. What could I do? And then God in His goodness gave me a game to play straight out of Colossians 1. Do you want to play the game? I call it trace it back to Jesus. Trace it back to Jesus. What is something you love? Think about it. Do you love strawberries? Of course you do. Stonewall has the best strawberries in the world. 
strawberries. Can you trace it back to Jesus? Who do you think thought up the strawberry plant? Its leaves, its root, and how it goes to seed. Who created the sun and the soil and everything needed to make thick, juicy strawberries possible? Jesus. It goes further than that. It says in Colossians 1, verse 16, that all things were created by Jesus. And in case we miss the gravity of that, it also says that all things were created through Jesus and for Jesus. So here we have it, folks. The strawberries you love were created by Jesus, through Jesus, and for Jesus. It's not even your strawberry. It doesn't belong in your mouth. It was made for Jesus. Why are you eating a strawberry that belongs to Jesus? As you think about that, I'll tell you a story. I meet my wife, Allison, and she blows my mind. I have this mad affection for her. I start pursuing her heart right away. And I'm a geek and a spy, and I do some research. Her favorite dessert is magic cookie bars, the unhealthiest thing you can imagine. Enough sweetened condensed milk to kill a diabetic. So I learn how to make magic cookie bars. It's not easy. And brothers and sisters, when those magic cookie bars were done, they smelled magical. And suddenly temptation creeps in. I'll be, you know, the te- I hear a voice, eat them, Paul, she'll never know. But I don't. So I'll ask, how did my magic cookie bars end up in Allison's mouth? See, those sweets and calories were my affection going in her direction. I was pursuing Allison's heart. Could the strawberries that you enjoy and you love be Jesus expressing His love? Is it possible that everything good that we enjoy is Jesus pursuing our hearts? Trying to get our attention, trying to show us how much He loves us over and over and over again. You see, Jesus didn't just stop at inventing strawberries. He gave you eyes so you could see the rich color and see which one is good to eat. You can get the better one because it's redder. He gave you a nose so you can smell the aroma of a strawberry. He gave you taste buds so you can enjoy the depth of juicy flavor. He even gave you a sphincter so you get to decide when and where to poop that strawberry out. You get to pick the toilet. Birds don't have that blessing. Can you feel the love? So here's my question. Allison wanted me to take that one out, I think. Can you trace the strawberry back to Jesus? Yes, you can. Let's look at it. There's a gift. It's called a strawberry, and there's a giver. We call him Jesus, God, Messiah, Creator. So let's trace other things we love back to Jesus. What are the things that make you feel loved? Chocolates and flowers? Now we're talking. Can you trace them back to Jesus? Of course you can. Jesus made those things, and somehow you get to enjoy them. Do you love music? Jesus invented chord progressions and gave you ears to hear trace it back to Jesus. You'll realize something. You have a lot of gifts in your life. 
and Jesus is the giver of every one of those gifts. You see, the more you play trace it back to Jesus, one of the two things will happen. Either one, you'll start loving Jesus more and thinking of Jesus more, which I have been doing lately, or two, you'll realize that He deserves more of your attention and affection, and you've got to change course somehow, whether it's to read more Scripture, pray more, or whatever. I don't know what that looks like. Trace it back to Jesus. Who made your kids? Who knit them in, in, in their mother's womb? See, we lose it when our spouse takes nine hours to make us something special, but Jesus took nine months to make every one of your children. See, I love my children intensely. They're some of the most impressive people I've ever met. And if you do the math, Jesus took almost seven years to make all of my or our beautiful children. That is a lot of affection in my direction. Trace it back to Jesus and your love will grow. Think about it. Everything you have and everything you love and everything you are is because of Jesus. All things were made by Jesus, through Jesus, and for Jesus. My healing journey with cancer has been incredible. So many people have blessed our family with money, groceries, meals, visits, and childcare. I can even look around this room and see so many people who are helping us in this time of need. Thank you, thank you, thank you. You are all God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works that He planned, and you're walking in them. That's Ephesians 2.10. And if you guys don't mind, I'm going to trace every gift and blessing back to Jesus. You know, every gift and goodness is Jesus pursuing our hearts. It's an expression of His great love for us and an, inv an invitation for us to love Him back. Have you put your faith in Jesus Christ? I know what some people are going to say. Paul, my relationship with Jesus is cold. Or Paul, I have a tough time um, just be getting excited about Jesus. So we'll just go through some suggestions on, on, on what can help. The first question I have is this, have you put your faith in Christ? Because it says when you do, God's Holy Spirit will reside in you and you will be capable of a supernatural love towards your wife, towards your children, towards that annoying neighbor, and towards Jesus. The Holy Spirit can empower you. If you're having trouble in the area of love, ask yourself, have I truly put my faith in Jesus? Do I believe He's God? Do I believe my salvation depends on Him? Do I believe He died on a cross? Do I believe He rose again? And is He my Lord, my Savior, my Rescuer? You know? Um, the other thing I would invite someone to do is ask themselves, if they're having trouble in that area, are you in Christ? Because it says this, uh, those who are in Christ are a new creation. The old is gone and the new has come. And that's the beautiful thing about relationship with Jesus Christ. We get to be something new and beautiful and Christ-like. You know, being in Christ is like being in an airplane. Okay? Try being in an airplane with one foot in and one foot out. Okay? You're either all in or you're not. You know, so I invite you, if you aren't in Christ, do that today. Ask God to do that with you today. Um, the other question I would ask if you're having trouble, 
Are you abiding in Jesus as it, and is He abiding in you? Because John 15, 5 says that Jesus is the true vine and that if we abide in Him and He abides in us, we'll bear much fruit. For apart from Jesus, we can do nothing. Apart from Jesus, we can't love Jesus like He deserves. We can't even love the people we should love. You know, And here's a beautiful thing in 1 John. It says that if we abide in Him and He abides in us, we'll, bear, we'll walk as He walked, or we ought to walk as He walked. So if you wonder if you're abiding in Jesus and He's abiding in you, just look around. You're walking like He walked. The other question is, does Jesus know you? See, God is inviting us into this beautiful relationship that's not unlike a marriage relationship. And one of my greatest joys with Allison is getting to know her every freaking day. And I love her more every freaking day because God reveals some beautiful quality she has, something that's honorable, something that's loving, something that's servant-hearted, something that's tender and loving towards our kids. I get to know Allison, what she thinks, what she, you know, like it's just beautiful. You know, do you know Jesus? And it's dangerous if you don't, because Jesus says, I think it's John 7, this is eternal life, that they know God and that they know Christ. (laughs) I'm like, my eternal life depends on me knowing God? That verse does clearly imply that. In fact, there's another verse where it gets more terrifying. Um, it, it says that a bunch of people go to Jesus and say, Lord, Lord. You know, they, they show up at heaven's gate. And Jesus says, I did not know you. Depart, you worker of iniquity. You know, it's, it's a terrifying scripture. Every time I go through that scripture, it's like a speed bump made out of snakes and scorpions. <laughs> you know, because what happens if you show up at the door and it's locked in your face and Jesus says, didn't know you, with tears in Jesus' eyes because he wanted you in there. He so desperately wanted you in there. So ask God, do you know Jesus and does Jesus know you? You know, and are you in God's word? You know, God's Word can help you build your love and affection for Jesus. It can help you grow your attention and affection in the direction of Jesus. So, if through this sermon you're feeling like you're not saved, what's stopping you from doing that today? And if you're like me and realize that you have not been loving Jesus as He deserves, join me in repenting of that. Join me in asking God to forgive that sin. It says that if we confess our sins to God, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us of all unrighteousness. Like, I'm going to repent of times this week where Jesus should have had more of my attention and more of my affection. And I'm hoping next week 
that I am in Christ more, He's in me more, and I'm a better husband to Allison and a better father to my children. So that's what we're going to do is we're going to spend two minutes in silent prayer and you can do business with God. I'll just keep my mouth shut because I'll be honest, I've got business I've got to do with God. I don't have all this down. You know, I see cracks in the pavement of my life and I need God to fill them because I can't. I can't do it without Him. I think that's the time we have, um, but continue this conversation with Jesus because He wants to help you see where you are and lead you to where you have to be because He loves you. Yes, you do it. Thanks, Paul. Mm-hmm. Maybe the first time the word sphincter has ever been preached from this platform. <laughs> and, uh, only you could pull that off. <laughs> no, it's you know, anything to serve the Lord. <laughs> <laughs> I brought up that chair here, but you didn't need it. Like I, I, I yeah. think you're strongest when you're telling people about Jesus. Yeah. That might be the key. Yeah. Just keep preaching. Keep telling about Jesus because God just kind of seems to fill you with supernatural strength when you mm-hmm. do that. And God is using you. He has used you, and He'll continue to use you all the days He has ordained for you. Yeah. And uh, so thank you for being here to share that message. Oh, it's a, a, and, a um, wonderful pleasure for me and Allison. Like it's it's so nice to be here. It's no, it's like it's really nice to be alive.
And honestly, I didn't think I could make it, but I think that with God, we can do all things, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's his promise, right? Yeah. Yeah, with God, all things are possible. Yep. And, uh, and ultimately, in life and in death, we belong to him. Amen. And for those who know Christ, there is only life mm-hmm. yep. for us. And this is, the, this is the incredible promise of God. We were made for life. Amen. Hallelujah. We were made for life. And on the cross, Jesus overcame death and he mm-hmm. overcame sin. And he made a way for us to have life. Amen. Each and every day. I love it. And uh, we're going to pray for you that God gives you just more and more life here. I love us, it. Yeah. Family. And um, we have been praying in church. We just want to continue to be faithful to, uh, to care for this family. You mean so much to us you and your family. We love you. They're going to, I think the plan is to head out to uh, Calgary, maybe in a couple days, potentially, for new treatment, depending how you're doing. Um, Maybe you've already found a way to support and encourage this family. Uh, If they make this trip, I know that it's a new treatment. There's some costs associated with that treatment. There's costs associated with the travel. Gas ain't cheap. If you want to support this family in that way, uh, financially, just the legalities and everything. You can't run it through the machine. You can't technically go through the books. But what you can do is you can, you can hand them money. You can bring money to, to our church office. We can collect that cash, checks written out to Paul Emmer. And we can ensure that that gets into their hands to continue to meet the needs that they have going forward. Um, so if God would just lay that on your heart to do that, just do that. They can use that. Um, thank you for your message because yeah. I was convicted. I mean, I was destroyed when I was going through the scriptures when God revealed that to me. Yeah. Jesus needs more of me. Yeah, Jesus definitely needs more of me. I'm just going to leave here, just kind of uh, saying to God, God, what what is it that you, what do I, what do I need to put aside that's taking space that belongs to you? Mm-hmm. What I want to do is I want to pray on behalf of this church. We, we want to pray together over you. And then can I ask you to pray a prayer blessing on us? Sure. As a church, and yeah. then the, the worship team will come and uh, lead us in a final song um, before we can enjoy fellowship with one another. I think, mm-hmm. Paul, I don't know if you're, you, you'll, can, you'll decide whether you're up to do this a second time in second service. Yeah. But uh, I don't think he's going to be mingling out there for a few reasons. He's probably just going to duck away in the office to rest a little bit, so hopefully he can be doing this in second service again. So you won't have an opportunity to interact with him out, out there, but just be praying for him and for this family and the journey that God has them on. And we want to pray for you right now. Sure. And then I'll ask you just to pray a blessing on us. Sure. And uh, the team will lead us in a final song. Church, do you want to stand? And uh, would you join me in praying for the Emmer family? And if you feel comfortable even to reach out your hand in their direction... You can do that. God, we just have been reminded here this morning that you are the author of all life. 
Amen. Our physical life, our spiritual life, we belong to you. Uh, you are our sustainer. Uh, you are our healer. Amen. Um, our life is in your hands. And I just remember the words of Jesus when he says, I have come that you might have life and have it to the fullest, abundantly. And that's a life we get to enjoy today and forever for all those who know Jesus and who are known by Him. And so, I just thank you, God, for Paul and Allison and their eight beautiful children. They have been a gift. They are a gift to this community. They are a gift to this church. We pray, Lord, Your, um, your power on them. Lord, we know that it is not too late to turn the tide of cancer in His body. Amen. Lord, uh, we've, as we've been going through Mark, we know that you command disease, you command the winds, you command demons, you command death. Everything oh, bows to your power. Oh, God, you can turn the situation. Amen. And so we ask that in your powerful yes, name because Jesus. you call us. You say, come and ask. You have Jesus. not because you ask not. And so, God, we just ask for a work of miraculous healing that would Jesus. bring you incredible glory and even as we ask that, God, we know that ultimately you're the one with a master plan, God. And, and however our journey takes, Lord, for all who belong to you, we know where it ends and we know how it ends and it's good. And so, God, we, we just, we entrust them to you, Lord. May you just give them the faith and the strength, Jesus. physically, spiritually, they need every day to walk Jesus. this path you have them on, to live out your will for their lives. Lord, may you get lots of glory in the days and the weeks and the months. We pray years ahead in them, Lord. Bless them. Paul, Allison, and these eight kids. Thank you. Would you bless us? I would, actually. Um, you guys have blessed us so much that I don't feel that my words are an adequate blessing. So I'm going to bless you guys from the Holy Scriptures. From Ephesians 3, for this reason I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named, that according to the riches of His glory, He may grant you, my brothers and sisters in Stonewall here, to be strengthened with power through His Spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth, and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Now to Him who is able to do far more abundantly than all we can ask or think, according to the power at work within us, to Him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. And can we all say, Amen.